welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello and welcome, America. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation from my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, Georgia, home of the college football national champions two times in a row. We should probably discuss what is Stetson Bennett's future, but we got a, we got a, more important stuff to talk about, including the president. Turns out he had classified documents too. I'll get there, but first, I want to engage in an audience experiment. You see, last night, I was made aware of the fact that on social media, one of my employees was openly declaring that we are all TCU and suggesting the end of the college football season in favor of hockey was a good thing if UGA was going to win. And I, I, I thought, you know, I should like, like dock his pay or something, but I'm going to open this up to listeners because I, I got a new feature added to our texting platform and wanted to try it out anyway, and this is a perfect time to do it. So, you know, our call-in number is 877 7425 and phone lines are open, but not to talk about this. But if you text the word poll, P O L L, to our call in number 877 973 7425, you can decide for me should I fire Philip for openly rooting for TCU last night? Just, just you chime in. It's a yes or no. Should I fire Philip? You can text the word poll to 877 973 7425. We'll talk about the football game later. Right now, though, this is actually the big news. The president of the United States, when he was vice president, took classified documents from his office and placed them at the University of Pennsylvania's uh, Washington uh, Biden Center for for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. You know, he made like $900,000 from this place, and nobody even knows what he did. CBS News is reporting the Attorney General has assigned the U.S. Attorney of Chicago to review documents marked classified that were found at the uh, Biden Center in D.C. It was not in Pennsylvania. It was in Washington. There were 10 documents. CBS learned the FBI is also involved. So it turns out that uh, the President's lawyer, Richard Sauber, was cleaning out the office because now that Biden is in the White House, he doesn't need an office there. And uh, they discovered there were files housed in a locked closet that were classified. One of the folders is a box with unclassified papers and classified papers. They don't know what level of classification they were. So, like, for example, some of the ones at Mar-a-Lago were top secret. Some of them were just generally classified. There are levels of classification. Now, here's the thing you got to understand about this. The process of discovery was followed, and I've got to make some points here. I have to make some points, but... You need to follow along with me here. Uh, Don't get mad at me for for telling you things you may not want to hear. Let's just follow along the whole line of thought. Let's be intellectually honest about this. Donald Trump carried off classified documents and Joe Biden carried off classified documents. Donald Trump, however, was president of the United States 
and could declassify documents. Joe Biden was vice president and could not. Donald Trump's lawyers, if the government is to be believed, and it's questionable, however, if if they're to be believed, Donald Trump's lawyers discovered classified documents, returned them to the National Archives. The National Archives re- uh, did a query, found there were other documents missing, and the Donald Trump's lawyers said they had returned everything. It turns out they did not, and there was months of squabbling before the FBI raid. Uh, the FBI raid was not a spontaneous thing. It happened after months of legal negotiations between the Trump team and the government. The Biden situation is different in that uh, there appear to be only 10 documents, not a whole lot. They were in a locked case, not a room people could get into, and they we don't know the level of classification. There were no nuclear codes, nuclear secrets, or anything like that in there. Uh, they were found by Joe Biden's lawyer. They were all handed over to the National Archives. Now, you can quibble with some of what I've said, I'm sure, But just again, follow along with me here. The Trump situation was more documents of top secret nature, some involving nuclear secrets. The Biden administration, we don't know yet. There were fewer documents. The lawyer found them, sent them all back as far as we know. Maybe the National Archives will, like the Trump situation, look and say, well, actually, it turns out we don't have everything. Uh, Give us these and we'll see the squabbling. That ultimately is what precipitated the FBI raid. However, there's a really big difference between the two that favors Donald Trump. I left out a key detail. The material was identified by personal attorneys for Mr. Biden on November 2nd, before the midterm election. The Biden administration kept this quiet before the election. It was discovered just like Trump's situation before the election. But with Donald Trump, it was a media spectacle and directly impacted the polling for the GOP as a whole, by the way. You can see there's a direct correlation. When the Republicans drop, it really didn't have as much to do with the abortion issue as it did this, the the whole spectacle of it. And they covered it up for Biden. The Justice Department is supposedly a nonpartisan entity within the executive branch. It is supposed to put justice ahead of everything else. The Justice Department kept their mouths shut, so no one knew about it until after the election, because undoubtedly it would have impacted the election. Now, the default rule for the Department of Justice is you don't bring stuff up that could impact the election. It's why the Democrats were so mad at James Comey saying that they hadn't closed the the public notification, they weren't closing the books on the Hillary Clinton investigation until they started putting their hat on the Russian uh, controversy. They were convinced it was James Comey who cost Hillary Clinton the election because of that statement about the ongoing investigation. You're not supposed to do that. Contrast that with, for example, the Hunter Biden treatment by the Trump administration. The Trump administration's Justice Department said nothing about Hunter Biden's investigation because they did not want to affect the outcome of the 2020 election. They knew it was happening. The Attorney General Bill Barr knew it was happening. He kept his mouth shut. He didn't want to be accused of interfering with the election. 
But then the Trump controversy came out this year, and they all leaked like sieves. Sieves, however you want to say it. The, the FBI leaked, the Department of Justice leaked, the White House leaked, the National Archives leaked. Everybody leaked everything about Donald Trump in the run-up to that FBI. The cameras were there. They knew it was going to happen. Here, they kept quiet about it. That is the scandal. There, there is enough to nuance. There, there really is. Uh, based on the public record, Biden's own attorneys found the information, realized they shouldn't be there, handed them over to the National Archives, notified the White House of the situation. The U.S. attorney, the FBI, they are investigating to see if there's any there there. The National Archives doesn't seem to believe there's anything left. Contrast with Donald Trump, they, they handed over documents. The National Archives said there were more. They got into an argument over whether there were more, whether or not Trump needed to surrender them. Uh, they said, yes, they did. The president seems said, no, they didn't. And then they said, we sent you everything. The National Archives didn't believe them. They finally, after months of negotiation, demanding documents, sent in the FBI to grab other stuff. And it was a copious amount of highly classified information. You can quibble over the details. You can nuance it, though. They're different. But one of the major differences, and this is where the scandal is, is that with Joe Biden, they covered it up so nobody knew until after the election. And with Donald Trump, they did everything possible to make it a massive spectacle to shape the election. They used the nonpartisan means of government to shape the election against Republicans and Donald Trump. The House should investigate this. They should investigate this before they investigate Hunter Biden. This should be one of the top priorities of the investigation. Who knew, when did they know it, and who made the decision to make sure nobody said anything, and why before the election, given what they did to Donald Trump? The House Republicans should investigate the snot out of this. Also, I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest this helps Donald Trump. Merrick Garland is looking at whether or not Donald Trump should be charged for withholding classified documents. Yes, there are nuances. There are things you can quibble with. But if Donald Trump is going to be charged with withholding classified documents after he left the White House, why won't Joe Biden? Why won't Joe Biden? Because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Does Merrick Garland want to charge Joe Biden? If he doesn't, it's going to look like a massive double standard in the eyes of the public if he does charge Donald Trump. I think this helps. Now, that special prosecutor they hire, they may go after Donald Trump on uh, supposed insurrection and stuff like that from January 6th. But holding the classified documents, I think you got to take that out now. I think you've got to walk that away. I think you have to. Because otherwise, it really does show how much this administration views justice as a double standard. The justice of their friends is quite different from the justice of their enemies. And the integrity of the system will further break down. I think this helps Donald Trump. 
Now, let me play you this audio so you get more perspective Several than just Several classified me. documents from President Biden's time as vice president were found by his personal attorneys in one of his private offices in November last year. The National Archives has now referred this matter to the Justice Department for further investigation, a source tells CNN. CNN's Evan Pettis joins us now live with more on this. Evan, tell us more. Well, Jake, these do were documents uh, the White House says that were found by the, former by the current president's uh, attorneys in November as they were closing out uh, an office that the, uh, the, the former vice president, Biden, of course, uh, had set up an office uh, with the University of Pennsylvania at the Penn Biden Center here in Washington. And they were closing out these offices when they found what they say were fewer than a dozen documents that were labeled as classified. Now, a number of these documents were also subject to the Presidential Records Act. And according to the White House, uh, these were now turned over to the National Archives, which has asked the Justice Department uh, to look into it. Now, uh, we're told uh, now, Jake, that the, that the Attorney General Merrick Garland has asked uh, the U.S. Attorney in Chicago to conduct a review of these document, do documents, uh, which is a standard process that they would go through. This is uh, akin to the process that uh, happened after the National Archives asked the Justice Department to look into these classified materials that were recovered from Mar-a-Lago, from the former President Trump's. Yes, except those came with the spectacle of an FBI raid and everybody making sure everyone knew this one came before the election and they kept it quiet. And the House Republicans should investigate. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The employee retention credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee, and now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible, and there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. There's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or even reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses, so don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with the free five-minute questionnaire at Refunds with an S, refundspro.com. That's refunds with an S, pro.com. Friends, welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. I, I have never, I've never been more disappointed in you people in my life. As of right now, 55% of my listeners who have voted thus far believe that Phillips should retain his job even after cheering on TCU and suggesting we are all TCU. I, I, I leave it to you to cast your vote. Text the word poll to the call-in number 877-973-7425 and we can, you, you can vote. Should I fire him for rooting openly for TCU last night or not? It, it's your call. Right now, majority, like 55% of you think he should keep his job. I think you feel sorry for him because he's got a kid on the way or something. I just, oh. <laughs> he just, I basically God's chosen. 
Oh, text uh, poll to 877-973-7425. Should I fire him or not? You decide. So the House Oversight Committee, I, you know, I'm not going to say that they listened to me. I think they would prefer not to hear me. But the House Oversight Committee, I was very openly critical of them right after the election, saying the very first investigation they were going to have out of the gate was about Hunter Biden. And yeah, they did all the caveat. Oh, it's really about Joe Biden and all of a sudden it was about Hunter Biden. They could spin it however they wanted, but you know what I know, it would immediately be viewed as the investigation to Hunter Biden because that would be their their premise. And I said, and so many people willfully wanted to mishear me. I did not say that they should not investigate Hunter Biden. What I said was that it was a dumb move to make at their first investigation of all of the things the House Oversight Committee could investigate, from the border crisis to COVID spending to the censorship of people on social media at the behest of the administration. Their first one was going to be Hunter Biden. It would come across as petty revenge. If they wanted to do it, that's fine, but there were ways to do it that would make it look like a more grown-up thing instead of a vendetta. Well, They've decided to change course, and this is good. The House Republicans will no longer make their first investigation be about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and their ties to to China, Ukraine, or whatever. Their first investigation is going to now be about COVID and how money was spent and appropriated and the political agenda behind it. And that is a good thing because there was so much waste, so much fraud, so much abuse, and they will now investigate that. That's exactly what they should be doing is investigating stuff like this. These are the grown-up matters that more people will care about. Partisans, of course, want them to go after Hunter Biden, and they eventually will. But making that the first investigation would seem like it was um, payback for the GOP and revenge against Biden. The American people voted in November. They, they w- kind of wanted to move on to grown-up things and wanted grown-up leaders. And investigating the corruption over COVID and the spending of money actually is a big, grown-up, interesting thing for them to do that you can't accuse them of partisan vendetta on it because we know there was so much waste, fraud, and abuse. This is a good thing that they're doing. Uh, So I was critical of them in November, and now I'm praising them. They have changed course, whether they listened to me or not. This was one of the investigations I said they should have prioritized over Hunter Biden, and now they are. And I'm glad because we need to get to the bottom of how this administration spent money on COVID, COVID relief, the PPP funds, and the like, because there was a lot of dirtiness and partisanship along the way. All right, when we come back, we're going to move on from all these things. we got another story to talk about, uh, fat kids. Yes. Hello there. Um, I had to stop the polling. The, the polling was deeply, apparently the thing wasn't working because um, like 61% of people said not to fire Phillips. So clearly the poll mechanism has been broken. I mean, like 3,000 some odd votes and 61% of people are like, don't fire the guy. Clearly the poll is not working. So we've, we're have we having to turn it off because apparently people don't want to fire Philip. <laughs> I just look. So in all honesty, I, 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 I this polling feature has become available. And we, we used this. So, for example, if you text Eric to 33777, uh, you can get the the show notes email and, and they've given me this option 
Uh, no, 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 it's, it's limited. You can't vote over and over. I, I assume so, but no, they, if it comes from the same number every time, it doesn't count it. So, But if you like, use our call-in number, 877-973-7425. You can text to that number the word poll to 877-973-7425. And I can do listener polls for big topics and things like that. And so I decided I would try it on whether or not I should fire Philip. And I'm deeply, deeply disappointed that you people don't want me to fire him. He gets fired like every week. I would probably rehire him. But I did think about firing him last night and make his rehiring contingent on him praying for Stetson Bennett. Uh, so either he had to find a new job or he had to get God involved for UGA, and that would have been a very difficult choice for him, particularly with a new baby on the way. Nonetheless, you people don't want him fired for uh, I have no idea why. Going to bias for short people, I guess. So he's he's he saved. All right, I got to move on. Uh, we we got to talk about fat people. Now, I, I am one, so I get to talk about this. So here's the thing. I, I'm, I've am i got to lose weight, and I'm just, I'll am just i be open and, and honest about it with you guys. Uh, for the longest time, I was a, a fairly spry guy, and then I met a woman, and I will tell you, very first time I ever went on a date with my wife, went into her apartment, and she was making pounds of bacon, and I couldn't fathom why she was making that much bacon. And she, her response was, I need the drippings. Mm, oh, the cornbread in our house is spectacular. So between uh, discovering I love beer and my wife's cooking, I have packed on the pounds over, over the last 20 years. Uh, and I, I'm, I've been going to CrossFit again, you know, for about really three, four years in there. I could not regularly exercise with the clots in my lungs, I was very restricted in the things I could do. I've got to get back to regular walking, up the water intake, uh, decrease the junk food, all that stuff. And it is working. I, I lost about 20 pounds. I put some back on. I got to get back to it and focus and actually do the counting of calories and the macros and stuff like that. So I I, I can talk about this because I, I am someone who needs to lose weight. And I saw the story and was rather horrified it is from CBS News. Here's the headline. Consider drugs and surgery early for obesity in kids, new guidelines say. Waiting doesn't work. Children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively, including with medication for kids as young as 12 and surgery for those as young as 13, according to new guidelines released Monday. The long-standing practice of watchful waiting or delaying treatment to see whether children and teens outgrow or overcome obesity on their own only worsens the problem that affects more than 14.4 million young people in the U.S. Left untreated, obesity can lead to lifelong health problems, including high blood pressure, diabetes, and depression. Waiting doesn't work said uh, the co-author of the first guidance on childhood obesity in 15 years from the American Academy of Pediatrics. What we're seeing is a continuation of weight gain and the likelihood that they'll have obesity in adulthood. In general, doctors should offer adolescents 12 and older who have obesity access to appropriate drugs and teens 13 and older with severe obesity, referrals for weight loss surgery. 
Young people who have a body mass index that meets or exceeds the 95th percentile for kids of the same age and gender are considered obese. Kids who reach or exceed the 120th percentile are considered to have severe obesity. Now, never mind, of course, that the body mass index thing is is all wonky and wrong in large part because uh, there are a lot of people, I know some people, some who are bodybuilders who have very little body fat, but because their height and size and muscles, they know they're not on testosterone. They're just, they've been doing this for a very long time, but they're considered obese on the body mass index, even though they're really not. Uh, we, we've got some wonky stuff. The food pyramid has been off as well. But this is the thing, and I say this as someone who needs to lose weight. The idea that we're going to offer children a drug for weight loss as opposed to getting them to develop healthy habits. I mean, this is my problem. And I speak about this personally. My problem is I sit at a desk all day long and I never developed an exercise habit when I was little. And now I'm in my 40s and it's really hard. I go to CrossFit three times a week and I'm there for 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how long it takes. And I actually work one-on-one with the trainer. I don't go to the CrossFit class, and I don't for a variety of reasons, number one of which is every time I've tried, it descends into having to have a political conversation about the news of the day while I can barely breathe because I'm huffing and puffing so much. And I just go when the gym is closed, and I work one-on-one with the trainer. And I like that. It's expensive, but I like it. But I can do it. But the same American Academy of Pediatrics is the organization that for years told us children need facial interaction with their families, particularly their parents, to be able to learn emotions and have an emotional IQ and also to learn to speak. You needed to see other people's lips moving. And now they're the ones like, oh, yeah, we can all wear masks. It's not going to affect kids. Let's, let's memory hole all of the research. There is something profoundly wrong when the recommendation is injections, medicines, and surgeries, as opposed to change your diet and get exercise and develop a lifestyle of healthiness. This is not good for us as a society that the rush is to start them early on drugs. There is a conspiracy that has transcended now the left and enveloped the right that big pharma, as pharmaceutical companies are derisively called, want us to be addicted to their medicines. There is truth in the fact that pharmaceutical companies provide medicines. They want us to use their medicines. They make money on us using their medicines. But it's not as systemic as some people would have you believe. Everything gets blamed on big pharma. I know people who are adamant that cancer would be cured, except if they cured cancer, big pharma would never make money. That is stupid reasoning. Why? Because there are always chronic diseases and big pharma can make more money on the chronic diseases for which there is no cure. They could would prefer to stop the cancer research and go after these things where there actually will not be a cure for some level of time. They would love, love to not have to keep researching cancer. 
Instead, they research cancer because if they can get rid of the cancers, it opens up other avenues for them. One, people are going to keep getting cancer, so they'll keep the prescriptions going as well, but they can then use the research in cancer and use the, the subsidies there to go for other things and, and continue. There are always going to be people who need medicines. They would much prefer to work on the chronic things that we're never going to get rid of than the ones we might get rid of, but they work on the things that we might get rid of because the money and the research and the funding there, the techniques developed there to fight and cure cancer spill over into other things and they don't need you to keep getting cancer. They would actually prefer you to stop getting cancer so you live longer and then have to use them for other things. But this is infuriating because this perpetuates the whole idea that really this is in collaboration with Big Pharma. They got to do weight loss drug and they want kids to use the weight loss drug. It certainly sounds like it to me. As opposed to the pharmaceutical companies, they should be coming out because if you actually read the pharmaceutical companies, what they're saying is, actually, no, we don't want all the kids to take this. These are in special cases. And by the way, insurance isn't going to cover a lot of this stuff. One expert in pediatric obesity cautioned that while kids with obesity must be treated early and intensively, he worries that some doctors may too, be too quick to turn to drugs and surgeries. It's not that I'm against the medication, says Robert Lustig, longtime specialist in pediatric endocrinology at the University of California, San Francisco. I am against the willy-nilly use of those medications without addressing the cause of the problem. Lustig said children must be evaluated individually to understand all the factors that contribute to obesity. He's long blamed too much sugar for the rise of obesity. He urged a sharp focus on diet, particularly ultra-processed foods that are high in sugar and low in fiber. Dr. Stephanie Byrne, a pediatrician at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, said she's like more research about the drug's efficacy in a more diverse group of children about potential long-term effects before she begins prescribing it regularly. I want to see it used a little more consistently. I would have, would have to have that patient come in pretty frequently to be monitored. We have an obesity problem in America. You know, I, I'm, I think about the normalization of obesity now. You see that the, the Gatorade commercial that was in the ad last night, you had the dude on the bike, you had the, 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 the blonde woman, and then you had the very morbidly obese black lady doing yoga. Good for her to be able to do it, but we should normalize obesity. There are a lot of people now who take great offense when you point out obesity is is not something what is the what's what's the 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 singer who did the did the lizzo lizzo doesn't want body shaming proudly shows off her obesity we shouldn't allow that to become the norm and here's why if we are concerned about the long-term ramifications of all of these things the long-term ramifications of obesity are pretty big and we know them from joint problems to heart problems to other health problems to cancers, obesity is a killer. And allowing people to normalize it and accept it and, know it's, it, it, and, and think it's not a problem is itself a problem. Normalizing obesity instead of having some sort of standard for this doesn't look good is a problem. And I say this as someone who I got to lose some weight. I know it. I'm working on it. Got my bottle of water right here somewhat resentful of it. I get that too. But at the same time, I know that it is healthier to lose weight.
My wife, when she got cancer, decided to get in shape. She's lost like 70 pounds. She goes to the gym almost every day. She tracks her macros. She eats cold chicken for breakfast. I mean, I'm kind of horrified by some of this. Like, this is just not appealing to me. I, I, I love food. I like to cook. But I also have, in the last few years, given the amount of cooking that I do, I've had to rein in what I do and how much I eat and when I eat and things like that so that I'd be a whole lot fatter now if, if I wasn't doing that, particularly given what I do on Sunday nights, all the food that I cook. I love to cook. I love to eat. My wife is very disciplined. I am not. She's done a very good job. We both use this app called Carbon, and it's worked. I, I, I sometimes wish I had someone hands-on with me right here to be able to help as opposed to dealing with people remotely and things like that and, and reading books. But at the same time, I'm working on it. She's worked on it. She's a, a case study that anyone can do it. The idea that we're going to give kids medicines and surgeries as opposed to getting them to develop healthy lifestyles is a really bad path forward for us. It is a laziness in our society. And it is that laziness that has started the problem to begin with. What's so funny is there's a story today from the Biden administration out of Fox News that the Biden administration to help with climate change and carbon emissions intends to encourage people to walk more and bike more because it's good for the environment. And notice the perversity of this. They're willing to advance surgeries and drugs for overweight kids instead of encouraging those kids to change their lifestyles. But to save the planet, they want to force you to bike more and walk more. Maybe when the environmentalists finally realize that that obesity causes climate change, they'll finally tie the two together and tell people, we're not going to give you medicines. We're going to either let you die because that'll save the planet or we're going to make you balk, bike and walk more and get exercise and that'll save you and the planet your choice. Do you want to die and save the planet or do you want to exercise more and save the planet and yourself? When the environmentalists get involved, maybe they'll fix the problem. But for right now, this idea that we're just going to force kids or, or encourage kids to surgery and medicine to, to lose weight as opposed to change their lifestyle, absolutely absurd to me. And it's no wonder so many people have engaged in a mass conspiracy that Big Pharma is involved because they're going to make a killing off of this. But we're not really going to save people from their bad habits, which have caused the problem to begin with. This is why you need to support a group like Patriot Mobile. That's, I mean, they they fight on the right. They actually give a portion of their profits to causes on the right, including the causes against all this craziness that's out there right now. You should consider sending your cell phone business to them by going to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You get free activation with my name. Patriot Mobile, they're Christian conservatives. They're a cell phone provider. They take a portion of their profits and they give it to the conservative causes you care about. And in return, you get great discounts. You get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers everyone else uses. You can even port your existing cell phone number over to them. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or you can call them 972-PATRIOT is the phone number. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. You get great discounts with them. You sh They share your values, and they fight for the causes you care about with the profits you help them generate. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric, or call them at 972-PATRIOT. 
All right, if you want to get the daily email, and by the way, you should because we're upping the exclusivity of an, of some of the content for paid subscribers. I mean, you, you, you paid for it. You got to get it from discounts to the conference to exclusives. Text the word DATA to 33777. You can become a subscriber and get a 15% discount uh, and get all the good stuff uh, that the, the just non-paid subscribers don't get. Text DATA to 33777 and sign up now. Uh, I, I do want to remark upon uh, the football game last night. Uh, the college football playoff uh, board should be fired and flogged for that game. Uh, I feel like this was the runoff uh, from the, the actual game between Ohio State and Georgia. By the way, there's a rumor circulating among a whole lot of people in Georgia. The, the, the explanation for the Ohio State game is that the UGA players were not turning down free drinks when they showed up in Atlanta and might have been hungover during the game. I, I've heard that rumor now from so many people. Whether it's true or not, that that's that's the explanation for the Ohio State game. Would have been interesting to see what sober Georgia did, but the fact that TCU curb stomped Michigan makes me think the Michigan players must have been hungover to then get curb stomped by Georgia like that last night, sixty-five to seven. I was very disappointed. UGA quit with a minute left in the game. They could have gone over seventy. Uh, they might as well. At that point, I was rooting for him to get over 70 or at least try to get to 100-something. But no, no, Kirby Smart let in the 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 um, the the other players who hadn't been playing, took Stetson Bennett out. And now I'm curious to know what happens to Stetson Bennett. Uh, there's some poll that suggests he's going to become a used car or a car salesman, maybe not go to the NFL. I, I don't know that he will, but... I, it's just, it's intriguing. I'm sure he's set up for life now with the, the image and lightness stuff and the endorsements he can get, but you've just led your team. You've gone to the college football championship. You were a walk-on player. No one expected anything from, you know, that's the story of Rudy. Um, and they should make this into a movie at some point in the future. What a remarkable story for that 25-year-old who is already older than most of the quarterbacks in the NFL at 25 years old. That in and of itself is something. What a remarkable thing.